0: Um, these are some books. I will be uh, putting these up um, over and over again so that uh, uh, you can uh, see the books as well as um, people online can uh, hear the book that is mentioned. Um, one of the things that my wife and I do is uh, one of the reasons our results are different is that we give the people um, everything that we have. We don't have secrets. You know, it's it's a very terrible thing when a leader will take something that he knows is good, he won't share it with the congregation. He keeps it for himself and then teaches it, usually a watered down version of it to seem deep. Um, and so uh, that is not right. You know, um, if Jesus found water, he takes you to the water. <laughs> he doesn't teach a class on how to find water yourself. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so. <laughs> So, uh, and so these are books. The first one is The Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton. You're welcome to take a picture or my notes will be put up on the sermon and of course this will be included in the sermon. Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton. I almost missed this book because the person that handed it to me, I did not like the title. And I still don't like the title. I don't know why, it's just me acting crazy. uh, But it's a very, very powerful book. I personally think it's a book that every new Christian should read immediately. That should be their first book. Um, It's an excellent book. Um, And let me tell you something, if you're a first-time guest or you're listening online for the first time, I don't suggest poverty books. The books that I suggest are the ones that made an impact on my life. People always ask, us, how did y'all get to this level? Where does this stuff come from? I'm giving you some, I'm always giving you secrets. I don't have any. You know, um, there's only one book that I won't suggest, because that one is, that was just way out there. It's so out, that's way out there. Don't even ask me, what is that book that you were talking about? That's none of your business. Not none of your, none of your business. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, so uh, Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Bill Johnson and Chris Valentine. The second one is In Pursuit of Vision by David O. Yudipo. That book alone will save me from tons of mistakes in the future. Tons, tons. That book right there is a game changer for real. Um, In Pursuit of Vision by David Oudipo. The Novenity Code to Understanding Your Dreams and Visions by Adam Thompson and Adrian Beale. Um, that is a book. Uh, don't, if you don't know how to interpret your dreams, the last thing you should do is Google it. Because by the time you, you, you will be Googled, by the time you see this stuff, that they come up with with these dreams, because the author of the dream... Um, is also the author of the interpretation. So you'll never be get, able to get the interpretation of a dream from someone that is not God's son or daughter. If They're not connected to Christ, everything they tell you will be wrong. Everything, especially when it comes to dreams and visions. So the Divinity Code to Understanding Your Dreams and Visions by Adam Thompson and Adrian Beale. And the last one is Biggie, The Power of Humility by R.T. Kendall. I mean, no, humility is not, how many have you ever seen, any of you ever been to a humility conference? <laughs> Uh, you're like, uh, if it was one, I didn't go. It is the subjects that are the most boring that bring the most manifestation in your life. And it is the ones that are the most exciting that have less impact. And so the power of humility, because Bible says that God resists prideful people, but he gives more grace to those that are humble. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man in the entire planet. I mean, no, if God calls you the meekest man on the planet, you're doing something. Okay? And so, but he was the meekest man in the entire planet. And what God said about that man is also, he said, I don't talk to the rest of the folk, even though they might be holy. I don't talk to the rest of the folk like I talked to Moses. He said, I talk to him face to face like a friend. Moses was so meek that when God got so upset, he told Moses, I have a promotion for you. I'm going to kill off the entire Jewish race and I'm going to start over with you because they have got on my nerves so bad. And when God came to him with that promotion, Moses rejected the promotion. Because of his meekness, he said he did not say, oh, this is a time for me to have a name for myself. He said, Lord, you are out of order. Go read it. He put God in check. Okay, put God in check. He said, You are out of order. He said, If you do this out of your anger, what will the heathen say about you in the future? Okay, so the man was so meek, he even rejected a promotion that was coming from God because he knew this is gonna sound crazy that God wasn't in the right mindset. You go back and read that scripture, it says, Then God repented of that thing he was going to do. How many know that's a real relationship right there, and that's for us all? Okay. So I always wonder about that, though. I wonder if God just did that, knowing that Moses would respond that way to show us in the future how close we could be with our Heavenly Father. Just always makes me wonder. You know what I'm saying? You know, how you play a game with the child and you pretend like you lose so that the child will come up, you know. So God does that same thing with us. All right. These are also as we start the series. I think this is week two. I'm going to go by each one of these. This is the, these are the different platforms by which God speaks. The Bible, uh, we're going to talk about that today. The peace of God or spiritual impression. Uh, Pastors and prophets, that's going to be interesting. Other people, small still voice, the audible voice, angels. That's going to be a real big one. I might be on that one for two or three weeks because it is scary to see how, never mind, how much the Bible talks about angels. Many of the voices that you heard was an angel, not you. You thought it was the Holy Spirit, but I could be an angel. Dreams and visions within, signs and wonders without, strange occurrences. You look up, I remember this, that before 9-11 happened, every time I would wake up, the alarm clock would say 9-11. Wow. <laughs> and because we don't understand signs the Lord, you'd be surprised what people, it was, how many you know hindsight is 2020. It was after it happened that people began to put the pieces together. There's one thing about God is if you don't understand the pieces, he'll still give them to you. It's crazy, you know. And so, signs and wonders, Without sometimes you see the same number, how many of you see the same pattern over and over again. You know, I have a wonderful testimony of a young lady, she's an airline stewardess, and she had a dream about an airplane crash. And and then, uh, before she went to work, she went to work out that morning. And then on the television screen, there was a, a, some story about an air, a airplane crash. And, you know, how many you know, airline stewardess, I just had a dream last night. And, now, and, she, and she said, she was like, that's weird. Why would I be looking at this? Okay, and so, um, but the Lord gave the dream. These are signs. He gave the dream. Then he gave, he made sure that that television program was on because uh, it would make her ultra or hypersensitive to the plane that she was on. And so, and it's interesting how how God does things in threes. So she was sensitive that day. First flight was cool. Second flight was cool. Third flight, the plane was leaking jet fuel on the inside of the plane and nobody believed her. She said, I'm telling y'all, that smell ain't natural. And, and they were like, no, you know, they already checked out the plane. She said, I don't care what they checked out. See, she's hypersensitive because she remembered the dream. She didn't let go of it the way they did. You understand what I'm saying? And so she said, no, it's something with this plane. So she just put the pressure on, and she put the pressure on so long that they had to delay a couple of things, and then people started getting sick. Because she kept, no, I'm telling you, something wrong with this plane. Finally, they called the mechanics, and the mechanics Went back there for 10 minutes. He came back 10 minutes later, doused in jet fuel. Wow. After the mechanics told them the plane was okay. And this is the crazy thing the mechanics said, had this plane taken off, it will probably have blown up in midair. See, so there, you gotta pay attention to these signs. See, the Lord gave her signs to make her hypersensitive. That when she got on a plane, she wouldn't go for the rope dope you know, like everybody else. And nothing wrong with this point. Let me tell you something. If I smell anything on a plane, I'm looking. And see, let me tell you something. Y'all, this is, I'm not saying it's wrong for you to do this. I'm off my message already. I'm not saying it's wrong for you to do this. But this is what I don't do. I'm not saying you're wrong if you do it. And I'm not saying it's wrong. This is what I don't do. I don't father i want to thank you for this flight in the name of jesus christ that is going to be safe boom 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 that's wonderful that's not how you do that okay what you do is whenever i get ready to go on a flight i spend time praying the day before praying in the holy ghost praying in tongues the bible says when you pray in tongues you pray the future into existence you speak mysteries going on behind the scene i'm praying and i have and when i'm praying i pray in english and i said father I'm asking that the angels coming to the planet now, move everything out of my way, move cars out the way. I don't need no traffic accidents. I don't need any complications with the plane. I need for you to go. When I went to Nigeria, man, I was spending time praying the Holy Ghost. And I said, Lord, I said, when the plane is in the sky, I command the angels to move the turbulence out the way. OK, so that's how you pray. And then do you have peace? And even if you don't pray that way. Always follow peace, always follow peace, okay? It's unfortunate we had an incident years ago at my previous church. The worship leader died in an airplane crash because he pressed past peace trying to get back home uh, for a a particular event. Don't let an event end up killing you, okay? Because how the dark side gets you is you already bought the ticket. Well, we had planned on, it's my birthday. Okay, so y'all got me. I did a whole side teaching. Y'all, you know, I mean, it's, you know. Now, thank God if we ever make a mistake, you know, the worst thing that can ever happen is that you go to heaven. You know, but learn to the going past, I'm, I'm not even supposed to be teaching on that one, but I gotta teach on it now for a second. But pressing past that can cause you to lose out on a contract, cause you to lose out on the right house, the right car, cause you to marry the wrong individual, cause you to end up at the wrong job, the wrong city, Etc. cetera. I know a man right now, he, he didn't have peace, but everything about the house looked perfect. It was perfect. Be careful about those perfect deals. Every perfect deal on the outside might be an imperfect deal on the inside. He couldn't figure it out. And because he couldn't figure it out, everything looked perfect. He bought the house, but he knew he didn't have peace. Bought the house. After he got into the house, found out that the foundation was cracked. And this is what's deep about the Holy Spirit. I'm not supposed to be teaching this, but I'm going with it. About, about the Holy Spirit. They will warn you but will not give you the details of the warning. Right, right. They'll just tell you, leave her alone. But why Lord, she fine, leave her alone. But she saved, leave her alone. But she's speaking tongues, leave her alone. She'd been in a member of the church for 20 years. Everything, do you see her Lord? This is the finest thing I have ever seen. Leave her alone because you thinking about now and I'm thinking about how she gonna treat you in five years. This is not going right, Jesus. (laughs) Hey, so with that, let me just add this piece here. This is a word that uh, this is a word that the Lord gave Bishop. And then he um, gave me a little bit more yesterday. This is a word for everybody. And we'll jump into it from here on in. There is a place at the top for you if you are interested. If you are interested, whatever I tell you to do, do it you do not need to know anyone whatever i tell you to do do it if you do i will set you on high above all nations you don't need any connections your race is irrelevant your color immaterial and your background unnecessary just constantly seek me and when i tell you to do something do it when i show you something put it to work and you will be on your way to the top. Everybody say, to the top. To the top. Okay, it's a powerful word, okay. So, you know, this whole series will really be about having a connection with God. Y'all, it's really, really crazy when your heavenly father wants you to be more successful than you want to be, and then you won't spend any time with him getting those instructions. And you might have to wait because we, you know, we live in a very p- impatient society where if the instructions don't come that day where I guess God is not speaking. You no, know, God is more interested in your character than your prosperity. Sometimes he may not speak because he wants, as the scripture says, your patience muscle to grow. You already don't spend enough time with him, so he's enjoying it. He might want you to just stick around for a few days, a few weeks. I enjoy this. Any good father wants to spend time with his kids. A good father does. No, excuse me. So alrighty. So we're gonna talk about the Bible. Um I'm I'm gonna do a part one, probably Wednesday night we'll do a part two. It might be a little bit deeper deeper one. Um a lot of teachings on the Bible can be a little bit boring, but you know, uh God there's nothing that God created that's boring. Um it's your boring approach to it that makes it boring. Okay. And so uh so let's jump into this because all of the other platforms by which god speaks to you will be null and void to a degree if you don't do this first one so it's really important for you to know these things it is unfortunately i will from this point on like we said i will be going deeper i will not preach regular again ever i have to equip the body of christ to be able to manhandle darkness when these people from atheists to the black Hebrews to everybody else and Farrakhan, all these individuals out here, when they come against you, you can't just say, well, this is just what I believe. Because a lot of people believe stuff that's wrong all the time. You got to be able to defend yourself because this type of corruption is out here. Now the Bible says that if possible, it could fool even the very elect. So you got to be equipped to know, is the Bible true and is it really God speaking to me? Number one, the Bible is not a regular book. Psalm twelve six, the Amplified, it says the words and promises of the Lord are pure words like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times over. It's the first thing for you to realize about the Bible is that it is seven layers deep. OK, statement that uh, um, I think it was Bishop Oyedepo that made this statement. What did he say? It's a book of stories, a book of revelations, and a book of secrets. The stories are for everybody, including the heathen. The revelations are for the Christians, but the secrets are only for those that are highly committed. Okay, It's a lot of things with the Bible and anything. All of a sudden, I'm preaching, and now my ear starts itching. It's always something, isn't it? You got to keep a, I almost messed up that statement, take a lick it and keep on ticking whatever the term is. I really tore it up Wednesday. Okay, so the Bible is not a regular book. Uh, Secondly, uh, the Bible, uh, everything in planet Earth was created first to speak of man, which would also speak of God because man was made in God's image. So God uses natural things around you to help you understand just how powerful this thing is in your hand. And so Ephesians 526, the word of God is compared to water. It says for husbands, this means love your wives just as christ loved the church he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of god's word so here so now with each one of these you're like oh hallelujah no in order for you to get a revelation really of what the bible is doing when you read it study it meditate it is you then have to study the property of water and everything that it does for the physical body and after you study that, then that's just one of the things that the word is doing when you read it. Because I'm giving, how many you know, it can be difficult to be in the word. What I mean by that is, how many you know, it seems like it's really easy to watch TV. How many of you know, how many of you know, that in the course of a day, you'll be thinking, man, I need to get some word time. I need to get some word time. And you'll be thinking about it. And then you won't do it. But in the course of a day, if you're like, man, I got to watch that television show. How many you know? You'll drop what you're doing to watch that television show. But it's something about the world. We put it last and we put the foolishness first. And it's not just you. There's an enemy behind the scene that creates scenarios by which you put God last. Because they know that the time you spend in God's book is your dominion over darkness. It's very supernatural. Okay. So it's water. Second thing is the Bible is compared to milk. First Peter 2, 2 Like newborn babes, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Okay? So, particularly, this is in reference to people that are newly saved, but the Bible is compared to milk. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, let me tell you why this is very, very important because it's something that the Holy Spirit shared with me. Um, and, and share with me this morning when I was going over this again. And that is, if you don't have enough sense and enough wisdom and enough discipline to even feed yourself correctly, then the things that God would tell you, you will not do. In other words, if your child won't eat, they're pretty much not going to clean up their room either. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you know that if, you're, if your child refuses to eat every day, there is something wrong. We're not moving on to bigger and better things. You know what I'm saying? You need, you're not getting ready to play hockey or basketball or volleyball or any other thing. You're not getting ready to go out there and start going to the gym. We're not getting ready to add all this stuff because you're not even feeding yourself correctly. Even when you take a test, they tell you to make sure that you have a proper breakfast because the nutrients help you think better. So if you have not eaten, you might fail the test. And so in the same way, God is looking at the fact we keep telling y'all to feed yourself and drink, feed yourself and drink, feed yourself and drink. You haven't done it in a week, but you asking me to promote you. But I can't promote you because if I promote you into that thing, it comes with warriors that you have to fight against, that you got to be spiritually strong. And right now you're weak. I will never forget the Lord showed me a young lady. She's very bubbly. Back that time she was. I don't know where she is now. OK, she was very bubbly, very friendly, you know. You know, nice looking girl, you know, just friendly. I mean, everybody liked her. And I will never forget, the Lord gave me a dream. And, and in the dream, she was almost as thin as a toothpick. And the Lord said, she is spiritually malnourished. She won't eat. She was healthy on the outside, but was almost dead on the inside. I never forget, the Lord gave this one girl dreams. And the husband and the wife were both in the hospital with uh, real skinny, with IVs in their veins. The Lord was telling them, they both spiritually dead. That that same couple, the Lord gave him, uh, gave her a dream of the same couple. This couple in the dream, they were zombies. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Don't let it be me, Jesus. Don't let it be me. Okay, Hebrews 514, the word is compared to solid food. But solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Okay, so there are some things that God will share with you in your infancy, and when you're immature, you have some people that's been saved for a year and they have a certain level of maturity. You got some folk been in the body of Christ for 30 years and still a newborn baby. Okay, so here it's confer- referred to as meat. So there are some things that God will not share with you because it's too strong for you. I mean, you know, you don't give a newborn baby chicken bone. Okay, they might like choke on it. You don't give them solid food. Why, can't handle it yet. There are some Christians that are, are at 20 years later still not ready for the solid food that God wants to give them. And in, in, in the King James, it calls it strong meat. Most people don't know that when it comes to lions, most lions die as a result of starvation. Because lions, they have a diet of strong, any of you ever seen, they have a diet of strong meat. Any of you ever seen a lion eating a chicken? Lamb? Birds? Squirrel? Rabbit? No. Because a lion's diet consists of strong meat. You see them hopping on the back of water buffaloes and and zebras and and hippopotamuses and okay, because that lion's diet is supposed to be strong meat. Also, lions don't eat old meat. They only eat fresh meat. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay? Lions don't eat old meat. Okay? Hyenas eat old meat. Lions only eat fresh meat. Let me back up. That was the second layer. I don't want to go too deep on y'all. Y'all was like, (laughs) y'all crack me up with that. Say, Second thing, the next thing is is that the Bible is seed. Mark 420. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. So watch this. If, with, the more you read the word, the more you are putting the word in you as seed and it'll produce 30, 60 and 100 fold. So the enemy makes sure to keep you out of the word, because the more you read it is planting seed and stuff will produce in the future. Okay. Psalm 119, 105. It says the Bible is light. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. James 1 22 through 25. The Bible is a mirror, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. In other words, the more you keep spending time in the word, because it's perfect, it will be making you perfect. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So there is a blessing for hearing and obeying the word. And so the enemy keeps you away from that because he knows that that's God's first level of speaking to you is his word. Hebrews so the, the Bible is a mirror of life that shows us what we look like from God's perspective. It shows us what we are, what we have and what we can do. Okay. Hebrews 412 Bible is a living sword. It's a living sword it says for the word of God is alive and powerful. OK, you might think that those are just words on paper, but that is a very, very living document, whether it's paperback on your phone or on your iPad. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. been plenty of times I've been reading the Bible, come across a scripture, ooh, I'm not even doing that. Lord, I just want to give you my life one more time. You read something in the Bible and you're like, oh man, how did I even forget this? I'll get to that in a second. And the last one is, I know in Revelation, John said that when, God, when Jesus spoke riding that horse, he said the words, he could see it. I don't know what it looked like. He said, but when it came out of Jesus' mouth, it came out like a two-edged sword. Can you imagine what that looks like? You see someone talking, and, and as they're talking, there's a huge sword that's swinging back and forth as they're talking, and it's coming out your mouth. It's crazy. Jeremiah 23, 29, the Bible is also a fire, and it is also a hammer. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? This is why you have to learn to speak the word, excuse me. Speak the word into a situation. As you speak the word into a situation, it'll be smashing that thing like Thor's hammer. Okay, that, uh, my, my favorite scene out of all, is it three or four more? Thor, hammer, Thor movies? My favorite scene is when Thor had lost his anointing. Y'all remember that scene? Yeah. Was that the first one? If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Man, that scene, because, because that scene, very all the superheroes just simply explain, to you the, explain in the Bible. That scene was showing you the word of God because the boy lost his anointing. And then that, that hammer represented the word of God. God spoke into that hammer and said, only respond to the individual that is worthy and that he threw that hammer into that portal and that hammer every person in the planet tried to grab a hold of that hammer every single person tried to grab that hammer okay and then uh i'm sorry My, i had to double check this book. i thought it was an emergency with the home going it's chick-fil-a i had an order a side note commercial had an order last week, and I put it online, 10:15. We show up at 10-15, had to wait 45 minutes for that order. So I called them on the back. So they probably just double checking with me, because I called them yesterday, hey, what's your policy? Because last week, and the manager was just apologizing profusely. I'm sorry, that was not supposed to happen. I said, well, just in case, I'm putting the order in, then I'm going to call you back to see if you got the order. I called her back got the order. I then called her this morning before I even said anything. Yeah, 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 we got the order. We got the order. They don't want me to go up there and set it off. And see, I'm very, very kind. I just let it go. 45 minutes, she kind of messed us up. Yeah. My wife, she would have owned a Chick-fil-A in a week. <laughs> her and steve ooh, God. Her and steve Man, we somebody did us wrong sometime, and they just gave us everything free because steve and my wife wasn't going to let it go. They were up in there like two pit bulls. We'll burn this building down if you don't give us this food. (laughs) It's a time for that, and it's a time not for that. Would you agree? You have to have the balance. So usually with a married couple, one is the individual, oh just let it go. I know that they took everything in our house, but they probably need it. It's okay that they stole our car. They've been walking for the last three years. You got that individual. Then you have the other side, which is, they cheated me out of a dime. Lawsuit. (laughs) So when you come together, it's supposed to (laughs) burn It's all of that out. <laughs> okay. Some people, they I met one guy, he had like six, seven lawsuits out there. Hey, man, you're not. Anybody got six, seven lawsuits, you're pretty, pretty much not going to get any of that money. You're just looking for lawsuits. Okay. So anyway, he spoken to that hammer, and that hammer had been pre-programmed by his father to only respond to an individual that was worthy. And so in the same way, God's word is pre-programmed that way. So if you look at Isaiah 29, 11 through 12 in the King James, I'll read this slowly. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book. He's talking about the Bible. The words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver deliver to one that is learned or educated, saying, read this, I pray. thee, And he says, I cannot because it's sealed. And the book is then delivered to him that is not learned or uneducated. Read this, I pray. thee. And he says, I'm uneducated. Notice that both individuals could not open up the book because it was sealed. OK, so God's plan for you and I is in his book. But the book is sealed off from those who fall into the category of unbeliever, educated or not. This is the reason why this scripture in First Corinthians 2, 14, OK, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? And so the Lord brought something to my attention. I used to read something back in the day, and and I had the stupidest, most dumb, ignorant interpretation of this scripture. And when I got saved later, I was like, why in the world did I see that way? The Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, because the book was sealed to you. And anything that's sealed, you know, you ever, you ever uh, got an uh, envelope, and the envelope was closed, and, and, and it's sealed, so because you can't open it, you try to hold it up to the light to try to figure out how much that check is, or if it's a bill or not. <laughs> okay. You hold it up to the light, trying to, trying to discern what's on the inside of that. Well, that's what it is like the Bible. You're trying to figure it out, but you can't because it's sealed. It's pre-programmed to be closed to individuals that don't know God. Okay? so your success is in God's plan, not your plan. God's plan is in his book. When you are saved, the seal over this book breaks and you now have access to this book. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, your access becomes stronger and clearer into the book. I mean, you know, for most of you, if you can remember your understanding of spiritual things seemed like it just jumped after you start praying in tongues. I know for me, it seemed like I had got born again a second time because when, when you when you get saved, the book unlocks to you. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, then it gives you deeper access into what the book says because it's seven layers deep without praying in tongues. You can't see seven layers deep. I think I'm pretty much I'm pretty much I think only at three or four. But it's seven. Joshua 1.8. Hey, this is more like a classroom instruction today, because you need to understand the importance of studying God's book. Joshua 1.8. Study, because I wrote a lot of stuff down, so I wouldn't get off track for a couple of reasons. Study this book of instruction continually. Not every once in a while. Not just when you come to church. If you only ate one time a week, I mean, you know, you're pretty much going to be weak. Meditate on it day and night, the same way that you eat natural food day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in how much? All you do. God is not interested in you succeeding in most areas of life. He's not even interested in you succeeding in the areas that you only want to succeed in. He wants you to succeed in everything because you're his ambassador. How many know as parents, you know, we try to you know, raise our kids a particular way because we don't want our kids embarrassing us. OK, had to take just looking at me like I'm crazy. OK, so, you know, because we understand that. So in the same way, God doesn't want you living low. He wants you to be successful in all things because you represent him. And if you represent him, how many know God is successful in everything, all things? Right. Okay? But if you don't stay constantly in this book, you may possibly become successful in a couple things, but not all things. And that's the thing. There's some people, they become couple, they become successful in a couple things. But God is not interested in a couple. He's interested in all things. Okay, so I'll give you a couple examples. God's plan for your health is in this book. But you must answer the faith question before you can be healed. Matthew nine, twenty eight through thirty. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen, not because of my power, your faith. Then their eyes were opened, and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. So you are healed according to your faith, not according to the size of your sickness. Always remember that. We put in our mind that because the sickness is bigger, that for some reason God has to pull out extra generators in heaven. And now it's going to take more effort. Know that effort is in your mind. Okay, all sickness and disease is on the same platform to God. Okay, and only one ounce of power can destroy it. Okay, God's plan for your prosperity is found in this book, Deuteronomy 818. You should remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto your fathers as it is this day. Okay, so you don't need a prophecy to walk in prosperity. You just need to understand the contents of this book. You need to understand, is it God's will for me to prosper? Yes. Then how far can I go? Figuring that out. Then if the prosperity is a covenant, I need to find out what is a covenant. Then I need to find out what are the terms of the covenant. Guess what that takes? That takes study which unfortunately a lot of people, and we've been trained in our society to be too lazy to study. Laura Harris Smith, the young lady that did the Dreams and Visions Conference for us a couple of years ago. She read the Bible, I can't remember how many weeks it took. She read the Bible for eight hours a day from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, eight hours a day over one question. And is there any a time when God stops talking to people? That was the only question she had. See, that's the commitment. See, you do this with your secular education, you know, to get a degree working in an area that you really can't stand. So you don't need to pray. And that's what's going on. People, people would rather. Could you pray for me to increase? Then they get mad when it doesn't happen. So what I had to learn to start doing is I've stopped praying for people that ask me to pray unscriptural prayers. When people come to me and say, I need you to pray for me. I don't pray for them. My first question is, what do you want me to pray about? Nine times out of 10, it's not a prayer issue. You need to make a decision. I had one young lady that was here a few weeks ago, and she, um, she, um, she wanted me to come in an agreement with her. <laughs> I said, okay, well, what is it concerning? She says, well, I'm getting ready to go into this deal. And boom, you know, and I said, okay. Well, um, and she said, it's, she says, it's done, and I have peace, you know, but I want us to pray. Stop right there, bad man. If you have peace, there's nothing to pray about. Because the Bible says, follow peace. If you have peace, now you start doing all this extra praying. Now you're inviting familiar spirits to cause you to bring confusion in your life. And God's, at one point, make a decision. And if you make a mistake, just turn around. Okay, So God's financial plan for you will never come true except you become a giver and a delightful tither. Let me go on and do this because the Bible says ain't nobody trying to do that. It's Valentine's Day. Here's your card. <laughs> you should be rejoicing. Let me tell you something. I want you to think about something. God, How many know God did everything for us? So you should rejoice when God says, I need something from you. You should be happy to do something that God needs. And the trip up part is he don't need your little tired. Five hundred dollars. He needs you to give it up so that he can do more for you. So there are several pieces to your personal puzzle of succeeding in all things. But the book tells you how to get all pieces. Number one, unlock the seal on the book. Well, How do I unlock the seal? You got to give your life to Christ. If you don't give your life to Christ, that book will be sealed from you until the day you die. Then it will be open to you when you stand before God, before they throw you out. Number two, be a doer of the book. That's another piece of the puzzle. Don't just read it. Okay. It's not the notes you take that give you victory. It's the notes you can believe and, and do. Okay people write notes all the time sometimes people got a whole library matter of fact they can teach sermons people just write to be religious i don't take notes in service like that i listen and if you say something impactful oh that's why i like youtube and all these videos i can't tell you how many times i'll pause something up stop rewind there are times i have rewound something 30 times if i'm in a service i'm listening because the truth be told you all every sermon that i preach you don't remember everything The impartation is put on the inside of you to make you grow, but the truth be told, in every service, you remember one to three things. So I'll listen. I'm not saying you can't take notes. Don't get me wrong. Oh, let me put my pen and pen. He's looking at me. No. Take notes. I'm just saying don't just take notes to be religious. Take notes, and then what I do is I'm listening for that one thing, one word from God to change your life, okay? We're listening for that one thing that I need to know, and I put these things down on a piece of paper. When I read a book, I'm not highlighting the whole book like this is a coloring contest. As I read the book, I only underline the stuff that I know is for me. I underline the stuff that is a rebuke for me, and then when I'm finished with the book, I take everything that I underlined and circled, and I put it on a document so that I can read all of those things because those are my weak areas, and those are the areas I need to improve upon. Y'all got that? Ooh, this is pretty good. This is some practical stuff. Okay? Continue reading. That's the third part. Studying and meditating the book day and night. That's a piece. Pray the prayers. That's another piece. Many of people are trying to get God to talk to them, but they haven't listened or practiced what He first said in His book. Because God is very, very simple. If you are not listening to what is written, you will not listen to what is spoken. And there's too many people asking God to speak to them. And He's like, I already did. And, I, and let me tell you something about God. He does not waste words, He does not waste time, and He does not waste power. And He'll speak to you. And I'm, I'm sorry, His written word is there. Oh, Lord, I need to sign. And sometimes God, in His grace and mercy, go on, and give them a little care. They're getting on my nerves. Come on, we love them so much, we just going to take care of them. And that's God, in His mercy and grace. And if you get the living off of that, you'll get used to it, and then you run into a brick wall. Why isn't God answering me again? How many know when you first gave your life to Christ? Everything was happening. Seemed like every prayer came to pass immediately. There's some folk in here that might be happening for you right now. Oh, it's going to stop. <laughs> because when you first give your life to Christ, God has to prove to you that he's with you. He'll answer every prayer. Lord, I need to see a pink bunny rabbit. Matter of fact, the Energizer dude, let's plan the dramas. I need somebody to just put him on my porch to prove that you're real. And the next day, it'll be an Energizer bunny sitting on your porch. God does all of those crazy things. And you'll be like, oh, this is wonderful. And you actually believe this is going to happen for the next 30 years. I mean, you know, just like you turn off a light switch. It's like, where's it at, Lord? Nothing. <laughs> where's it at, Jesus? Nothing. Maybe check with the Holy Ghost. Is it him? No. Uh, angels? No. Grandmama, they can have coffee with Jesus every morning. No, I ain't, I ain't with you either this time. That's the Lord saying, well, the carnival and the honeymoon is over. It's time for you to now start, start learning how to do your part. Amen. So we start you with milk. Amen. And what you do with milk will determine what type of meat we give you. And the meat is what you live off of. The milk is what you grow off of. Amen. Jesus. You know where this stuff is coming from. hey?" God's plan for a wonderful marriage is in his book, but some people are, I wrote these down. Some people are too smart to subscribe to what the book says you should do in order to have a good marriage or turn a bad one around. Some women will go to the grave never truly submitting to their husbands. And there are some men who will never love their wives as Christ loved the church. Both have more excuses than a man in jail. But the truth is that you are not practicing being the best husband because you have no regards for the contents of God's book. You have become smarter than him because your situation is different. I wrote down, there are some marriages that did not fail because of the devil. It failed because of their disregard for the instructions of this book. It wasn't Satan. It was your unscriptural attitude towards marriage. People got excuses all day long people like I always say people walk in love until it comes time to walk in love there is a formula in the book that tells you what to do now that may not always be easy and I hate to say this it may not always work if you do your part something will break I'm letting you know y'all remember that girl in the Old Testament that was married to that crazy husband said that he was he was he he was a terrible type of man, but he was prosperous and he was rich. And it says that David and his men, you know, because they were out there in the wilderness, it says for a long time they were out there. But they, while they were out there, they they protected the man's property and made sure that no other, you know, enemies came against him. But it says they got hungry, and so they asked the man to cook them some food. And, and the man basically was like, "Man, it'd be like this, man." Man, I ain't trying to help out no preacher like, man, whatever, dude. I mean, that's how they treated the man. And so David told his man, all right, go get your swords because he'll be dead by tomorrow. And it says that his wife, who had wisdom that her husband was too dumb to walk in, it says that she called her servants and they made up a bunch of food. I could be telling the story a little off, but it's close enough. Made up a bunch of food. And it was, while David was coming to kill the man, it says she met him halfway. Okay. And she said, please, this is what she said. She said, please forgive my stupid husband. I'm telling you, she said a couple other things. And then she said, here's the food. Please forgive me. And and David said, you are a good woman, he said, because had it not been for you, your man would have been dead. And it says that later on, the wife told her husband, I think his name was Nebel. She told her husband what she did to save his life. And it says that his heart turned to stone and then God killed him. And then David married her. And I'm... Hey, y'all, this stuff that dude is people preaching ain't what's in the Bible, y'all. God ain't no joke. So God is just like... Let me tell you something. God will let you suffer with somebody that's treating you wrong. God will let you suffer with somebody that's not coming right. But sometimes, sometimes, that individual God will trigger certain things in that person to move on. Even in death, I'm telling you, I, I didn't see. I, you would have never told me this years ago. You would have never told me this. When I say years, I'm talking about like twenty five years ago. But based on what I've seen now, oh man, please, God will let you suffer for a little while because every suffering has an expiration date. You see, but you got to do your part. But what happens is, is that as soon as the other person, uh, well, I would do such and such, but here you go with your butt. Everybody always got their big butts in the way <laughs> of what God is trying to do. I mean, the, y'all, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's really just as simple as, ma'am, you said you want to lose 300 pounds. Yes. What well, it means you want to do, you got to do such and such. Well, I don't like that food. Wonderful then. Stay with high blood pressure and diabetes. People don't want to do what's necessary because you're caught up in your feelings. And the true worth of you as a Christian is what can you do when your husband is not acting right, when your wife is not acting right, when your children are not acting right, when the finances are not acting right, when your body is not acting right. That is your worth. And that will determine what type of Christian you are because every sponge that you squeeze will always excrete what's on the inside of the sponge. And you don't know what you got on the inside until you are squeezed. And for most people, when they get squeezed, no word comes out. You go to church. See, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not this is not beat them up on this beat em up Sunday or Saturday. You know what I'm saying? But I have, how many know? I, I'm, let me tell you, I'm the type of indiv- I'm the type of individual that I want to know what I'm doing wrong. I want to know I don't have time for running my head up against the wall. I don't have time for crashing my car over and over again. I don't have time. I need to know what I'm doing wrong because I want to live the good life on this side and the other. Now, some people, they are too callous in regards to hearing what they're doing wrong. They'll fight you tooth and nail. Hey. Hmm. Second Corinthians six fourteen through 18. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness. What communion has light with darkness. What concord with Christ has Christ with Belial. Look at the comparison between the sinner and the saint. What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? (laughs) What agreement at the temple of God with idols? For you, not them, you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. That's the promise. See, if you're fooling around with unclean things, then you wonder why God is not speaking to you because you're trying to pull him into your mess. What vomit is to you is what sin is to God. That's why sin is compared to a dog that eats his own vomit. It says, touch not the unclean unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This is God's first command to you as a single person. What type of commands come to you in the future will depend on if you adhere to this one instruction in this book. I cannot, You know, one of, one of the hardest things that I have to deal with is people that just won't listen. You got to tell them the same old thing over and they just won't listen. Men and women, I cannot tell you. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to start with the single ladies first. Protect yourself from men that want to have sex with you and you are not married. I am so tired of new even I have new people that join the church and they're dating people and and, and an individual that brought them sometimes to the church is trying to sleep with them. Now this is a side note, okay? I'm just using this how you have to be very careful. Don't pay attention to people. When you new. even when you I don't care what church you're at, okay, where the sons of God are so the sons of Satan will be also. Okay? So don't don't pay attention. God, the devil follows you around, he's doing all type of stuff. You know, now this is not private information. I'm just showing you how deep this can go. This is not private information, y'all ready? Now, I don't want you to think negative of this person because I believe they've repented. At least I think they did. But but I'm sure y'all. I don't know if I should do this. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. You know and I just gotta be careful more and more. I'm doing a really good job. But it's public, because I'm, I'm, I don't want y'all to turn, I don't want the Lord accusing me, watch this. I don't want, this is, I don't want the Lord to tell me, your congregation members start talking about other preachers and they did it because of you. That's why I have to be careful. Okay, he said what? He said, don't say it. Well, it's not re- really talking. To m- Never mind. Let me just go on back over here. <laughs> Got to trust. Yes. Oh, I'll put it this way. I know of a situation. Right. <laughs> um, I know of a situation, and it's a, it's a female minister. And if I say her name, every single person knows her in the room. And oh, I'm not. And, oh, God, thank you. already know. Never mind. It doesn't matter what you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Reggie over here. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. But, but, but the, the female minister who had like a movie around ministry um, brought a the girl, came into the church and the minister is the one that got her saved. And that very minister is the one that pulled her into a lesbian relationship. And then was the new Christian that recognized, I can't be doing this. And then the minister threatened them And didn't know that the new Christian had connections that, oh, this ain't gonna be old ghetto. This is gonna be all over the news. I got pulled into that counseling appointment. I, I, oh, I got stories. Y'all, I keep all my stuff quiet. I got pulled into that because, because it was a big name minister and, and the girl Uh, When other folk found out, all of the other preachers were like, we want you to tell on this person. They wanted to use the new Christian as the scapegoat to expose the minister. Y'all see how crazy this is getting? And so the girl couldn't trust nobody. And then there's a girl that's a member of this church that knew this girl. And she says, oh, I got one guy you can trust. (laughs) He ain't going to be the typical preacher. He might come over here in some sandals and a beach hat. But he's the truth. And it was a mansion too. I went over there, I stopped by, and got myself some Thai food. I don't care, folks. If I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Especially if I had to drive to you. I'm buying whatever, eating whatever I want. And I stopped and, and I went over there, and it was a mansion for sure. Had a female Alfred, uh, Alfred answering the door. Took my little Thai food and put it on some fancy china. And I'm sitting there waiting, and a girl came in. And, and so I had to explain to this girl first of all, everybody is using you as a pawn. Everybody. Everybody. I said, Don't listen to those raggedy dudes. And I said, and don't listen to her. Okay. And and I mean I saw when I saw the evidence, the girl had pictures and everything. I said, I don't need to see no pictures of y'all laying up in the bed together, please. And what n how I many no wisdom brothers? I didn't go over there by myself. Okay? okay how much Holy Ghost you got coming? This girl on a scale of ten was a ten. And when she was a dancer in the world. So you don't go over there. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. Take somebody with you and shun the very appearance. Amen. On top of that, I don't know who this individual. You might be trying to set me up. <laughs> Have Lorana burning your house down. Because <laughs> Lorana know me. She don't play that. I don't play that at all. Y'all ever hear a woman accusing me of anything? You can all lie yourself. We ain't even see the evidence. She lying. I don't have nothing. That's why my wife has access to everything. In my phone, I got passwords that came from her. I can't even get into my own stuff. If my, wife has my, if my wife is going through my phone, I don't question her. Why are you going through my phone? I don't have nothing to hide. If my wife opens up my wallet, I don't question her why she's going through my wallet. I'm assuming she's looking for money. I don't have anything to hide. And when you don't have anything to hide, you don't have a problem if your wife has your phone. Oh, Lord Jesus. How do we even get over there? Lord, I think Jesus is coming back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. called being one you think the Holy Ghost got any secrets that he's keeping from Jesus there's submission in that Trinity that's why Jesus said I'll only do and say what my father tells me he said when the Holy Ghost comes he will never speak of himself he will only do and say what I tell him there is submission there and no secrets it is perfect unity perfect submission and perfect love The enemy works with secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, everybody say amen. amen. Matter of fact, let's say ouch. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Call the hospital. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, if you want to come up, you got to come up. Yes, yes. The Lord sees everything. He sees everything. And, and, and when he sees you doing these things, you know, bam. You know, And it's funny, as transparent as I am with my wife, my wife will walk in the room and if it just happens to be a lady on the screen, it could be anything. Who is that? Still got to get used to that. I mean, I'm used to that. I still got to hear it all the time. Who are you talking to? I just answer the question. Right. I'm talking to such and such and such. I don't have nothing to hide. Right. You hide stuff from your spouse, God will hide stuff from you. So run from sexual sin. OK, so ladies, protect yourself. Be careful what you wear. Don't be out with these guys. I don't care if they're Christian. Men are moved by what they see. He could have the Holy Ghost coming out of his ears. He could have prayed in tongues for eight hours. He could have read the Bible for the last three days with no food. And as soon as he sees you, boing, oing, oing, he gets, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't believe that that just came out of my mouth. But y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you can't shut that off. It's the only thing God asks us to shut off that is natural. It is natural for a man to want to be with a woman sexually and vice versa. It is natural for him to want to see what you look like naked. It is natural for him to want to have sex with you. It is natural, natural, natural. Jesus created it that way. He just asked you to shut it off because it's also natural for you to drive a car, but you can't do it until you get a license. And it's for your protection. I can't tell you how many women right now in situations we told them, don't move in with him. But the Lord, we ain't going to do nothing. That's a lie. But for God and the whole host of eternity, ain't no two people going to move into the same room and y'all not going to do nothing. Man, please. And when you try, let me tell you something. What's crazy is you got to be very careful. Because when you're trying to live holy as a single individual, Okay, and you've been celibate, you know, and you've been practicing that. Ugly oh, started looking real good. Whatever. <laughs> any, any, any. Never mind. Hey, when well, in, in my night, because I wasn't sleeping around like that, but in my nightclub days, you know, I, you know, you meet this girl in the club, and you take her out the next day. Is your sister Because you can't be the one I asked the phone number for. No, it's me. Oh, Lord, this one girl. I'm, I'm, oh, Jesus. You know how you had them bad experiences? You know? Man, this one girl. I mean, I was just riding in the car like, what have I gotten myself into? I was just like, but see, but see y'all, y'all go through the date. Not me. There's several dates. I got sick. Yes. <laughs> I need to go back home. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I think I ate something really bad. Man, I put on that pretend sick in a second getting out of this date. So your disregard for the context of God's book is the main reason for frustrations and confusion. Being celibate does nothing but save you from soul ties and drama. And the worst thing is in, in the worst situation in the world is for people to come into the house of God and then people attach themselves to him them and start having sex with him. You just made the situation worse. Hey, Psalm 25 now, let's get ready to shut this down. The meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. So God does not teach and guide anyone. He only teaches and guides the meek. So sometimes you are not hearing. Everything starts with the contents of this book. He told you to meditate it on a regular basis day and night. You should be studying it like you are the only Christian. Can you imagine when God gives you something that's everything and you won't spend any time with it? I mean, it's a book of food. It's a book of water. It's a mirror. It's light. It's a sword. It's a hammer. It's seed. I mean, it's God himself on paper. Y'all, that's a lot of power in a document. Y'all know what I'm saying? But then the enemy tricks us out of it's not that deep. I can't see how me studying the word is going to make me a better lawyer. The higher your education, the more meekness is required because the Bible says that knowledge puffeth up. Some people get a little education and then become too smart to read and study God's book. Their education causes them to become a fool. This is not my statement. This is bishops. He just said this yesterday. Don't let your degree cause you to be degraded. Don't let your education be the cause of your frustration and don't let your certificates confiscate your destiny. Because everything in this world, including your mind and education is too poor to be followed. Any uh, there's educating yourself on this worldly system causes you to be more ignorant concerning heaven, not more wise, more ignorant. That's why Jesus said, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world has a substandard. The God standard is to give you success in all things. The world standard is to give you a measure of success with side effects. Because it's not the truth. It's based on facts. Facts are not truth. It is a fact that Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but that's not the truth. But it's a fact that he said it. It is a fact that they call you African American, call him Caucasian, but that's not the truth. You'll find that when you get to heaven. Lord, race am, what race am I? Uh, son of God. Some of your name is not even your name. I think I said that last Sunday. Lord tell you, you know, they're going to look at you. Anna, step forward. You're going to be looking around. And you're going to say, this. oh, it's you. Come on, come on. Anna, that's my name. My name is Felicia. Wrong. Your name is Anna. Your parents didn't listen to us when we told them to name you Anna. They thought Felicia was cooler. Jacob, come forward. My name is Andre. No, it's not. We told your parents to name you Jacob. But they were more comfortable with Andre because that was your daddy's name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can do this for days. Y'all, yes, hallelujah. Hmm? So, Hebrews 2 1. Two more scriptures. Hebrews 2.1. And let me say something. Well, Hebrews 2.1 Amplified. Since all this is true, we ought to pay more closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Lest in any way we drift past them and let them slip away. One of the main reasons why the Bible says to do this day and night. You see me drinking water. How many of you know You cannot go to Kroger or Walmart or Publix, get a gallon of water, drink the whole gallon, and it stays in your system for the next 20 years. Now, blood does that. But not water. Water is always slipping out. It's always coming out through your nostrils, coming out through your mouth, comes out through your pores. It's always coming out. So you have to keep yourself hydrated in order to live a healthy life. It's the same thing with the word. When you're putting the word in you, it's always leaking out. It's always being drained out as a result of what you've been what you're dealing with at home, on your job, just the society. Yeah. You know what? You can be at the gym. You know, <laughs> my previous pastor, he taught the men to do something called the holy turn, particularly if you're married. Now if you're a single man, you can look at the woman a little bit more, because you need to be looking. Bible says he's the finder of the wife, finders a good things. You'll be looking. But the married Brothers, we can't be looking like that. Okay? You know, if I have a Ferrari, it's fine that a Corvette pulled next to me. I can find, oh, nice Corvette. Don't mean I'm supposed to buy one. Y'all know what I'm saying? So you taught us the holy turn. You know, you're on aisle six at the grocery store. Ooh, she's fine. <laughs> turn the other way, walk. <laughs> OK. can't remember my point with that. Oh, so, so watch this. So for a man that's trying to walk in holiness, when you see these girls out here that's dressed like they just came from the strip club, that just looking at it, it begins to pull holiness out of you. Okay, I mean, it's deep. When you see perversion, it pulls stuff out of you. Why do you think the Bible says that Lot was grieved? I mean, he just says day in and day out, he was grieved by the unrighteous deeds of the wicked because him looking at all of the stuff and all of the people, I don't know what it is. I know it's the enemy, but all of a sudden now, this the F word has just take on a new level of force and vulgarity. I mean, people just say it unnecessarily, and it's like the enemy is working through people with that word to try to corrupt a society, and hearing that word, it pulls righteousness out of you. Because the words are going in your ear. And so if you don't keep yourself in the love of God, in the word of God, meditating it, replenishing yourself, what happens is, is that you are a Christian, you love Jesus, but you will find yourself full of the words and atmospheres of other folk. And then wondering why you can't think straight, wondering why you can't hear straight, wondering why God hasn't spoken to you about that promotion, because he says you're not healthy enough for that promotion. So. So. That's why you have to keep it in you because it's always coming out. He said, Be careful because this stuff is, you'll drift past things and this stuff is slipping out of you. It's coming out of your pores. The world is seeping out of you. You've got to keep yourself because we don't live, you know, technically. We are not physically in heaven yet. Okay? We're here. Of it, but not in it. That's a new t shirt I'm going to come out with. Of it, but not in it. Okay? So, last thing is the Bible is God's diary. is this. The Bible is God's diary about you before you become it. It is his thoughts and his purpose in print. People write a diary based on current and past events. God writes a diary based on future events. (laughs) This is what you are, so become it. As they said in Lord of the Rings, set aside the ranger and become what you were born to be. There's a lot of people that are doing things that they are not. Okay, so as you follow what is printed, he will begin to unlock your purpose. As you follow what is printed, he will increase your prosperity. And as you follow what is printed, he will do things in your life that bring peace. But it all starts with that one book. The book is more valuable than the universe, for the universe came out of the one who wrote that book. And last passage, we'll start with verse one, and I'll just pick a time to stop. Just want to read to you. Psalms 119 is one of the best passages. That you will ever read in regards to God's word and His book, God's word, what we call the Bible, is the first foundational level which God is speaking to you. He wrote a letter to you. He said, now as you obey the contents of the letter, then I'll visit you and give you extra wisdom." Okay, so God, so watch this. The Bible says, "Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers," which means you're supposed to be hooked up with a Christian. Well, he said he well he said that. Uh, um, that he knows God, so does Satan. He said he's spiritual, so is Satan. He well, he's not into organizableism. He he worship God at home. Yeah, whatever. And yeah, that's you trying to justify your relationship. And yeah, I'm I'm I've got a situation right now, these people are not even members of my church. And I'm just like, I wanna tell the guy, you do really marriage about to marry a dingbat. I don't know he's gonna marry. Her. I mean, he's, People marry dingbats all the time. Hopefully I don't have any dingbats in here. I'm just saying. Whatever. How many of you, know, you can at least say you, you, you dated a dingbat? Watch this one. Some of us was, was, was the dingbat that was being dated. <laughs> they don't want to let their hands on that one. Let's go ahead and finish. Because they didn't appreciate that one. <laughs> you know, so I mean, y'all, it's, it really started. And I'll do part two Wednesday. But you've got to be in the word. And guess what, today for you to be in the word, they are gonna call you grandma. You're 20 years old and you in the world like that? Yeah, because this ain't no religious book. This is a sword. This is a hammer. I'm, I'm, I'm building myself into a weapon. There is no price tag. Y'all, God's word, the more technology is created, the more they find that the Bible is more technologically advanced than they ever thought. They couldn't even find out how advanced this thing was until they invented the computer. They thought the invention of computer would, would swallow this up. No, nope, this swallowed up the computer. I mean, know? you don't see a bunch of t- television programs talking about the Bible is fake. Think about that. They talk about you. They'll say they're an atheist. They don't believe in God, but they don't touch this book. Psalm 119, there we close here. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Notice joy is attached to following instructions. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully, not casually. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I would not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, that's his word, I will thank you by living as I should. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Wonderful. Would you please live it in your actions? I will obey your decrees in verse eight. Please don't give up on me. How many of you know that should be a prayer? We pray every single day. How can a young person stay pure? Only by obeying the word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. This is all talking about the written. We haven't even got to the other nine levels of how God speaks. Just this one. Because how God speaks with the other nine would be dependent on how you read this one. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. The Muslims, they make you learn, memorize the whole Quran. Most of us haven't memorized one chapter. <laughs> if we tell the Ten Commandments it's like, uh, thou shall not kill. Thou shall not. Guess what you should do. Memorize the books of the Bible. It's the most important thing. What verse man? I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. Mm. In other words, I love your word just as much as I love money. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Be good to your servant that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me for I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I have chosen to be faithful. Proves us a choice. I have determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands for that is where my happiness is found. Mm, mm, mm. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. Help me abandon my shameful ways for your regulations are good. i long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. Lord, give me your unfailing love, the salvation that you promised me. Then I can answer those who taught me, for I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will speak to kings about your laws, and I will not be ashamed. How I delight in your commands, how I love them. I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. Remember, your promise to me is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. The proud hold me in utter contempt, but I do not turn away from your instructions. I meditate on your age-old regulations. Oh, Lord, they comfort me. I became furious with the wicked because they reject your instructions. Your decrees have been the theme of my songs wherever I have lived. I reflect at night on who you are, oh, Lord. Therefore, I obey. This is how I spend my life, obeying your commandments. Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you promise. You know, I just realized I need to be preaching this and saying this with myself every day. I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Wow. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. I rise at midnight to thank you for your just regulations. I am a friend to anyone who fears you, anyone who obeys your commandments. O Lord, your unfailing love fills this earth. Teach me your decrees. You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Arrogant people smear with lies, but in truth, I obey your commands with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your instructions. I'm almost done. I'm going to jump off here someplace. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Mm, mm, mm. That's a whole teaching all by itself. Your instructions are more valuable to me than a millions in gold and silver. When the word becomes more valuable than money, then God will give you an abundance of money. You made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. (laughs) May all who fear you find me in a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me just as you promised me your servant. Surround me with your tender mercy so I may live. For your instructions are my delight. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. I'll let you handle the light work. I must, mm, Jesus. Let me be united with all who fear you who, uh, with those who know your laws. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees. Then I will never be ashamed. Mm. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I'm shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? I'm gonna stop there. The whole chapter is like that. Let me see, that was, I stopped at 84. It goes all the way 176 verses. My favorite part in there, it says, I have more wisdom than the folk who teach me because your meditation, your your commandments are my meditation all the day. Hey, so. Hallelujah. That's some good stuff, isn't it? That's that might be one of the ones you want to read before you go to bed. But see, but you but you do you see all the stuff that happens as a result of been having a, a love of the word? Now you understand why the devil keeps you out of it. Because for somebody that's committed to that level, reading the world on that level, that's what you call joy unspeakable. Go ahead and stand. I pushed the envelope a little bit. Tried to, uh, I was supposed to be done at 11, but that was good. So, that's part one. I'm gonna do part two this Wednesday. If you all can't make it, just listen to it online. You, your answers one i can't explain what the lord showed me your entire life is in that book and what i mean by that is i'm, I'm hoping you can catch this encoded in that book uh, jewish rabbis believe that every single person that will give their life to christ is actually encoded in the bible they believe it's encoded there and what you'll find is your entire life and your entire destiny is found in reading that book and the things that will unlock you that book is housed that's another thing that the bible is it's a key it's a book of keys and those keys unlock certain things on the inside of you and and so you'll find that if you can it's like your whole y'all, y'all follow me your whole life is in the book it says you follow it your life will unlock there are secrets. There are certain things that unlock at certain times. There are certain things that are given you after a certain amount of man hours in the book. No matter how many video games you play, they will not let you begin to fly a plane until you got a certain amount of man hours. And that book, everything in your life is found in that book. Your healing, your prosperity, your direction. And it may not be written there, but it is there. And as you do what is written, they will then give what is spoken because you did and you practice what is written. And the first thing that is written is read this thing every day for the rest of your life, as much as possible. Okay, and you'll see the glory of God. Father in Jesus, mighty name, we give you thanks and praise, blessing and glory and honor unto you, O Lord God. Thank you, O Lord God. We know, O Father, that all of us need to come up in this area. That book, O Lord God, the book that is most purchased more purchased than any other book. That book, oh Lord God, that transcends time. That book that is eternal. That book, oh Lord God, that came straight out of your heart. We know, oh Lord God, that the enemy of our soul tries to keep us out of that book because that book has every key to victory that we will ever need. And so I pray, oh Lord God, for your people and those who will listen to this. Pray, oh Lord God, that as they dive back into that book, the Holy Bible, thank you, oh Lord God, that the living part of the Bible will begin to unlock us. It will begin to reveal unto us our destiny. It will build us up so that we can hear the spoken word to give details for direction and destiny. We must be strong in these last days. So we thank you, O Lord God, that we are moving from water and milk and we are moving over into strong meat. For you have created us to be lions, for Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I thank you, Lord God, that lions They strive on strong meat, fresh meat, our daily bread. Thank you, O Lord God, for what you are doing. Fill us with the knowledge of your will. Give every person a plan that they can adhere to, O Lord God, and help us to stay committed so that we can experience, O Lord God, your best, which is what will bring you joy and ultimately give us joy. So we bless and honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for this teaching session. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All in agreement with that said,